What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Zoom Light, where we are coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend to debrief in an effort to send biblical truth. What better way to do that than by the power of virtual conversation? I'm Caleb Pearson. Uh, joining me in the Zoom chat is my squad, my people, okay? Uh, I'm going to go around and introduce you one at a time here. We'll end with, uh, we'll save the, the least for last down there and Marky Mark Carey, but Mark Francis, how you doing, man? Hey, what is up? How are you? I'm good. Uh, are you in the Judean wilderness this week? Is that, is that I correct? am. That it is, is reflection of probably would have taken me way more than three days to get to Mariah. Probably would have yeah. taken me more like 30 from from oh, where yeah. this Judean wilderness probably looks. It's real. It is rough. And you and I were there this past winter. And yeah. um, this is only just this picture I took only a couple miles east of yeah. Jerusalem. Yeah. So not knowing where Abraham might have come from, but oh, it is it's rough. I mean, it I can't rough. imagine hanging you, out there. And You and Mark Carey, it looks kind of like a before and after picture. I, I kind of like yeah. it. Uh, joining us once Mark again, Alicia, Alicia Battaglia. Alicia, how are you? I'm doing great. How good. are you? Good, good. Thank you for not doing a virtual background to make me uh, stick out like a sore thumb. We, we gotta I'm not balance. that tech savvy. I can't yeah. figure that out. So. Well, we we got to balance these two out somehow. And yeah. then joining us for the first time in his first ever sermon Zoom light, I believe, because the last time you were on, we were still able to meet in person. Marky Mark Carey. Pastor Mark, how you doing, man? Doing well. Good. Good. Yep. Good. Good to see you. Uh, how's everybody doing? Uh, you know, Corona quarantine check-in. Uh, are, are, doing uh, good. Spirits high, spirits medium. How, how is everything going? Well, mine are high because of what I've heard. I mean, as far as news of we're yeah. on the street, I, I hear that there is some congratulations in order. Hmm. And, and our good boy, Caleb Pearson here, I think he, he put a ring on it from what I can tell. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was wondering how you were going to say it. Put a ring on yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I got it. I mean, I got to hear the story from straight the horse's mouth here. Like what, yeah. what went down and, and yeah. what I'm trying to say is that Caleb got engaged, everybody. So, so I, I'm, an engaged, I'm an engaged man, uh, proposed almost a week ago now, last Thursday night, there was that hospital prayer. Did you guys hear about the whole community hospital prayer where they go to the parking lot and pray? So we did that. And then I told her, Hey, I need to, um, I'd already talked to JVD Rose and a couple, I think Charlie Strother and a couple people at church. And I said, Hey, can I use bar, like go to the church for a couple minutes Thursday night? They're like, yeah, no problem. I was like, Hey Hannah, like I need to go grab something from my desk real quickly after we pray before we get dinner. I like, fine, whatever. So the plan was <laughs> to do a, a little walkthrough of the whole church, kind of recounting the memories, starting at the door where I met her, uh, our first Keystone Young Adults group and all that different stuff. So it's, it's, it's going perfectly smooth sailing. Um, and then the, the goal was at the end to, to finish the tour, the walk around the church saying like, look at all these cool memories and how special this building is to us. You know, kind of like a, how about one more memory, blah, blah, blah. Uh, walk into the, the, the front right of the sanctuary because the goal was, you know, it's going to be the lights aren't going to be on. There's going to be nobody in there, but the cross will be lit up and it'll be right. glowing. And so I'm going to propose at the foot of the cross. Wow. Going, going perfectly. Uh, I walk You're such in. A spiritual man. I walk in the sanctuary. Uh, cross is unplugged. It's pitch black. Can't see a daggone thing in there. Uh, there's props everywhere. It looks like a, yep. just a junkyard. And so I walk in there. I'm like, that's what Mark so, is preaching to every, dude, kudos to you for preaching to an empty room that looks like that. Cause I was like, huh, 
I'm like, this looks different than I envisioned it. Uh, and by his grace, there was a, a, like other lights on on the back of the stage. Rose might have even been there somewhere, but there was a, a smaller glimmering cross like up at the stage, just like another prop. And so I ended up proposing at the foot of a much smaller cross. But anyway, yeah, it was, it was exciting. Um, we're, we're so ready for that next step. Uh, and the craziest part to me is I am a fiance with one E. She's a fiance with two E's. What's that about? I, I don't know. You have Did to explain you know that? that English language to me. When you're referring that, to the, the male, the fiance is one E. But when you're referring to the female, it's fiance with two E's. Isn't that weird? Is yeah. there an accent on Well, the other thing. Yeah, the, uh, both of them. Wait, mm -hmm. I think both of them get an accent, but mm -hmm. I don't know. Anyway, I'm excited. The other thing is weird is that, I mean, are you wearing any kind of symbol that says that you are engaged? That's, that's an interesting custom, too. Yeah, I know. No. She, she wants yeah. to make a t-shirt that says I'm taken, but. <laughs> Brand you. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, exactly. But, Isn't the, 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 the male fiance, you said it's one E. Yeah. Because it's tied to the dad, which means finance. <laughs> wait, is that, wait, are you being serious? <laughs> I can't I can't tell anymore. He's so wise. I don't know if he's blowing smoke or not. Uh, but yeah, anyway. No, we're we're excited. It'll be uh it'll be fun. So yeah, you know, uh, better to get engaged in a pandemic than try to get married in one. I know a bunch of my peers and people I grew up with are, you know, canceling their weddings or rescheduling them because it's just it's crazy. When when can we meet yep. again in groups like that? Or you just get married without the people around. Yeah, right. Done. Or just do a, kind of a wedding that happened this past weekend and the weekend before I actually did a drive by um, of where people were exiting the church and it was like a whole parade of cars that were people stayed in their cars and oh, toot okay. your horns and yeah. they came up and said hi to you. So there's there's all kinds of creative things people are doing right now. But yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Well, hopefully it won't last too much longer. We can get get back going again. That's my hope and prayer anyway. Yeah. Um, so Alicia, anything, anything with you then? Any, any news? No, I went to the grocery store yesterday, ran a few errands. So it was actually nice to get back home. I didn't like going out. <laughs> <laughs> it was good to get back home. Yeah, it's so funny when that's the, that's the story. I went to yeah. the grocery store yesterday. I went to the grocery oh! store. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. And this is, like you said, this is Mark's first Zoom light. So yeah. he is, so, uh, Mark, is that actually Nebraska behind you, or is that just a... a yeah, that's, um, that was out there last summer. That's uh, central Nebraska. Nebraska has a unique topography, uh, a neat uh, um, landscape. It's called, um, what used to be called the Great American Desert. Hmm. Uh, we have in the central part, western part, central and western part of Nebraska, what's called the Sand Hills. You ever heard of the Sand Hill Cranes? It's a... Hmm. Uh, migratory bird they're famous and they, they oh, okay. in nebraska anyway those are sand uh hills of sand um and um that's a very unique feature in uh, uh only in nebraska interesting that's yep. cool that's awesome all right well why don't we go ahead and jump into a little bit of a, a weekend in review mark and kind of our the four of us talking and planning over uh sermon spotlight this morning kind of wanted to recap the past few weeks so where were we this past sunday as you were preaching for easter uh, and when what do we want to kind of unpack unpack today well we were kind of wrapping up uh a, a several week series uh kind of a mini series embedded in our study of romans so we were in Romans 4, and 
talking about uh, faith and, and justified by faith, and Abraham is the example of that. Um, and so we, we took off for a few weeks, uh, Dennis McNutt, Donden Hartog, uh, and then myself on Easter, a little bit of, a, of an excursus on, on, uh, on Abraham, uh, the man of faith. Uh, so if you, if you want to talk about an example of faith, you, you go to Abraham because right. everybody knows, and the Apostle Paul certainly did, that that's, that's where you go to. So yep. um, that was, that's been our focus, uh, unpacking yeah. some things about faith. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, Mark and Alicia, you guys were able to, to see the Easter, Easter sermon and all that. I mean, what, what stood out to you guys, especially as they all kind of have unpacked and referred to this, this story of Abraham? Mark, Mark Francis, I'll come your, come your way first. Yeah, I really appreciate how I really did see the culmination of this three-week mini package. You know, it was for me, it was neat to kind of hear Dennis's perspective mm. of kind of that that saving faith and how it's really grounded and rooted in the resurrection, which kind of whet our appetite, I think, for Easter. Yeah. And then to hear Don's kind of lifelong faith and how we had the, the Zoom light last week where it really enhanced that life of faith. The culmination for me is really this Genesis 22 story of, of seeing the perspective of, and, and even I want to liken it to the Good Friday service that we experienced that was posted online as well. Mm -hmm. And where Don and Hartog really gave some really cool analogies and unpacked the similarities of what Abraham and Isaac's journey was with mm -hmm. then what Christ did um, going to the cross um, at the will of God the Father. So to see it all presented and culminated in that way, I mean, I've got all kinds of really cool thoughts and stories that kind of some of the conversations I've already had, but that to me stood out was that it really did feel like a three-week package that culminated in the resurrection and the good news of what Christ did for us. Yeah, I would echo that for sure, especially just with, I mean, it's cool to do this podcast <clears throat> anyway, but to have uh Dennis on and then Don and then Mark you know all, you know all these different different pastors with maybe different areas of focuses in the church but still just talking about the same story and talking about what the bible says about it it's just really cool and it just puts it into perspective that that story that narrative as well another thing that i kind of realized was i can r read that story of Abraham and Isaac's journey in in probably 3 minutes honestly maybe less that i could read that whole that whole part but to think about what it must have felt like to go through that journey uh, and, and how slow it was happening for him and for them. I think it, that speaks to the authenticity and also just the amount of faith required, which is really cool. Alicia, what about you? What, what stood out? Uh, what stood out to me was just Abraham's confidence in God and knowing who God was and moving forward with this really unnerving call that he was given and that he moved forward in faith and that that faith in who god is uh and that confidence in who god was it he was able to move forward in faith rather than fear hmm. uh so that really stood out to me and then that i in the hebrews pa passage for hebrews 11 verse 19 it just blows me away. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. And 
I just think that is so remarkable that he he considered, he pondered, he reasoned that this is what God was going to do because God's not going to break his promise. God, God has to keep his promises. And mm. so the, the fact that to consider that there's something more, God's, God's going to go beyond, above and beyond. He's, if, if he's asking me to kill the promised son, then he's going to resurrect him. He has to. There's no other way. And there's such a small little word, but in Genesis, and you wonder, how does the writer of Hebrews really get to that point? And, and you look at it, and, and Mark, you, you kind of really did a good job of touching on this, but when Abraham told the servants, he said this, the boy and I will travel a little farther, we will worship there, and then we will come right back. And there's that, that confidence that he knew what God had called him to do, and yet he still had that faith that God was going to do something miraculous and that there was either going to be some sort of resurrection or some sort of replacement that was going to happen. I, I, it's, it's really cool in that this one little phrase that you can see Abraham's faith in the resurrection right there. So I mean, it's, 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 the, it's the knowledge of God that comforts us in our faith. It's not the, uh, the confidence in ourselves or, or the ability for us to deliver or, or feel like we're in favor of him. I, at least I like what you said. God's not going to violate his own character. So if we know God and we're aware of him, there, there's a peace, uh, a, I think a peace that doesn't make sense according to the circumstances a lot of the time, and that points to God. And if you uh, look at Isaac, because we've kind of ignored Isaac a little bit through all this, mm, right? But, um, he had a confidence in his father, mm, uh, yep. obviously. Really I mean, and, yeah. uh, we don't know for sure how old Isaac was in this whole story, but I mean, some people said he could have been an old, as old as 20 years old. So um, he was old enough to carry the wood, yeah. you know, to, and, and that would have been burdensome. So, I mean, this is a, a, young, a young man. And um, every step of the way, well, we got the fire, the wood, but where's the sacrifice? Well, God is going to provide for himself a sacrifice. And then Abraham lays his son hmm. on the altar, binds him and lays him on the altar. You know, what's going through Isaac's mind? But there was a, obviously a confidence in his father, just like Jesus if possible, let this cup depart from me, but not my will, but thine be done. And the father laid his son, Jesus, on the altar. And there was this willingness yep. to give his life. Um, so there's all these uh, connections that uh, that are made there. Um, I mean, I think of my own boys right now, and, and if I was doing something like that to them, they'd be kicking and screaming and hollering and be like, there's no, no way, what are you doing? You know, I mean, there would be this revolt. You know, but yeah. you don't see that in the story. And, and you're right, there is this kind of this humility, but also faith of, of Isaac and submission to his father and trust and faith in God at the same time. That's really good. Uh, Mark, I, I know you have, oh yeah, Alicia, go ahead. Oh, I was going to just say, just knowing who God is and that he's, he's omniscient. He knows all mm. things. He's omnipresent. He's uh, omnipotent. He's all powerful. And mm. So the fact that Abraham, he was clearly a and so to know that there is, God has something in store. He has something in store. And Abraham, he didn't realize that we, we can read that it was a test, but Abraham didn't know it was a right. test. Right. So he was moving forward in faith, just knowing, trusting God. And 
I think that's pretty remarkable that his confidence was that sure and so grounded in who God is that he's going to, because I don't think resurrection, but that's, that's the alternative. Right. That's hmm, really good. Mark, I know you had some stuff you might want to, I don't know if you want to try the share screen thing, see if it, it, it works. Um, I know you have some stuff to unpack for us. Well, yeah. I mean, um, Again, Abraham is such a key um, example of faith. In fact, in Romans chapter 4, that word faith or believe is used 17 times. So that really is a, is a faith chapter, and the center of it is uh, Abraham. So, yeah, I just wanted to walk through real quickly. There's some features of faith brought out in the life of Abraham that Paul brings out in that Romans 4 passage um, that, um, um, yeah, we can um, let's see here. All I see is black, but I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm seeing black. Okay. Yeah, I've got it might, two. Uh, it might work if you like try it. Try it again, like we did. Let me uh, try it again. Let's click this. So, thing for all the listeners <laughs> out yeah, there, the listeners get to get to see the technology in action. It almost was. Oh, like I, I know. I know what I did. Okay. Yeah. Let me um. Let me go back here. And um. Zoom, man. So this is where I all right. I, I got to just vent a little bit here while Mark is doing this. The whole technology thing is amazing, <laughs> but you know, like there is just something to the word virtual that is starting to drive me batty. So, like, I, you know, if you're really a tech snob and understand kind of the idea of virtual reality and augmented reality, and and you see all of us peons here using the word virtual, you know, you, you think of when you put on goggles, you're in this. Uh, this different space, this different reality, that's virtual. You know, we are maybe in a virtual conference room right now because we're not physically meeting, but we're not having a virtual conversation. You know, yeah. we're actually really, we're actually right. really having a conversation. And, and, and when you go to that. a worship service, it's not a virtual worship service either. We're really worshiping. It's so like, I, it, I got a vet because, you know, my wife there Erica does teaching stuff at school and she is, in the weeds with this kind of technology and she and I are just kind of, we're, we're just yeah. having fits about that. No, you're, you're definitely right. When you use the word virtual, like how can you? <laughs> well, and I thought about it because I know I say it in the intro to like be funny, like virtual conversation, <laughs> but we're, we're words like virtual conversation, virtual reality, those are paradoxes. Okay. Virtual reality is not a thing. <laughs> it's not reality. It's not reality. It's, Point it's being, I can't different. wait to meet together in public assembly. Man, I'm going to appreciate there it. There you more. go. But, all right, Mark, I think you're golden here. Yeah, well, um, so just want to walk through real quickly, uh, based on the life of Abraham, some six features of faith uh, that we see from Abraham. And um, the first one is we have to remember, first and foremost, that the object of faith is, uh, is what is all important. The, the very nature of the word faith demands an object. Faith and what? You know, believe what? So it, it, it requires an object. Uh, and the value of faith, really, if you think about it, is only as good as the object uh, uh, of the faith. Um, if, um, you know, you, you, we came in this morning, you sat in your office chairs, uh, we had faith that it was going to hold us up. Um, now, if those chairs had been messed with and the legs were cut off and we sat it and plumped, plunged to the floor, um, the next time we may double check before we sit down. We might be 
cautious of what we're putting our faith in. Um, object of faith is, uh, is always crucial. If you have a weak faith, that means you probably have a, 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 a weak perspective of the object mm. of your faith. Um, so Abraham's faith was in God, as Alicia just brought out. The character of God, uh, his word, the life-giving God, the resurrecting God, um, the, 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 the creator God. Um, so object of faith is, is so crucial. Uh, second of all, uh, you know, faith does not mean ignorance. In Romans chapter 4, verse 19, it says, without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body, which was as good as dead. I mean, Abraham was 100 years old. He was 75 when the promise first came, but he was 99 when uh, God came to him and said, Sarah is going to give you a son next year at this time. And it said he contemplated his body. I mean, I get this picture of this 99-year-old man looks around at his body and says, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, I'm, I'm as good as dead. Look, faith is not ignorance. Um, Abram knew uh, what a humanly impossible situation this was. But what did he do? He latched onto the promises of God. Um, thirdly, faith does not yield to the circumstances around us. It says, yet respect, verse 20 of Romans 4, it says, yet with respect to the promises of God, he did not waver in unbelief. Um, he, he, he did not stagger, I think the King James says, he didn't stagger in unbelief. Um, literally, the, the idea of, uh, of, um, of, of waffling there or staggering or wavering is the idea of being double-minded, is arguing with one, what, uh, debating in your mind, arguing with oneself, um, being a double-minded man, the book of James says. Um, he, Abraham didn't do that. With respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief. He didn't look at his, he didn't get caught up in the circumstances of his aged body, now as good as dead. So faith does not yield to the circumstances around us. It is strong. So that's the fourth thing. Faith grows with time. It says, uh, he did not waver in unbelief, but he grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. Um, so there was a, yeah, it was a process of time. We know earlier, uh, when he was 86 years old, he listened to Sarah, his wife, who said, you know, look, Abram, this isn't working out. Why don't you take Hagar, my handmaiden? And so Abraham did, and he had a son. Oh, okay, I've got my son, Ishmael. Well, that wasn't God's plan. He went outside the plan of God. Give him 13 more years when he's 99. I mean, this guy is strong in faith. Give him another 14, 15, maybe 20 years when he's asked to take Isaac up on Mount Moriah. Unwaveringly, he just sets his, you know, his, his sights on Moriah, and he goes without ever questioning. Faith grows with time, and I think there's a, a real uh, blessing for that for us, too, is, you know, we, we, the more we walk with God, the more we learn in life's situations and circumstances how faithful God is, um, down the road, we'll find that, you know, he was faithful here. Well, he's going to be faithful here, too, because that's God, and the more we get to know God, over time, the more our faith grows, because again, it's the object of faith that is crucial. And then uh, a fifth characteristic is that faith brings glory 
to God. Again, um, he grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. When we walk in faith, what we're saying is that, God, you are totally trustworthy. And when we're saying you're totally trustworthy, that's giving glory to him. It's saying we, we totally depend on you. We know who you are, at least to some degree. And we know you're trustworthy. And just that walk of faith is, um, is glorifying to God. And it, it, people look at us and they say, how can he, you know, how can he live that way? How, how can he trust God in these circumstances? And the response is, well, because God is trustworthy. And that's, that's giving, right. you know, giving glory to God. The sixth characteristic, just to bring out, is that faith is full assurance in God's ability. And verse 21 says, being fully assured that what he had promised, he was able to perform. Mm -hmm. He was able to deliver. Um, he was able to provide. Uh, Abraham told his son Isaac, you know, when Isaac said, we got the fire, we got the wood, but where's the sacrifice and abram said god will provide for himself a lamb and abraham was fully assured that god would perform it would would, would bring it about uh, so again it's not a, an assurance in one's own ability we can figure this out isaac or um uh, or other circumstances of life abraham was just fully assured in the character of God. Someone once said, faith is what links, uh, or is that link that binds our nothingness to God's omnipotence. Faith is what links our nothingness to God's omnipotence. When, we're, when the object of our faith is God, and we know him, and we're growing in, in an understanding of him, we become fully assured that, um, that what he has um, promised, he, he definitely will, um, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll perform it, he'll provide it, and uh, we, we don't have to ever worry about that. So I think um, there's some great uh, lessons in there from, um, from the life of Abraham, and um, that's awesome. We can, we can add a lot more to that, but that's um, just a summary of some things. I think that that's, that's excellent, and I, I just think that with that object of knowing the object of our faith and that he loves us that he is so good he takes care of us his promises can't fail those are things that we can cling to and just knowing who he is and that he's with us it's really good and even mark when you were going through some of those points it reminded me of a conversation i had with john morrison a while ago i had kind of it was in my mentorship uh process so a little over a year ago i guess at this point but um, I had emailed him, hey, a, a couple pretty in-depth questions about understanding the Holy Spirit uh, as, as far as that element of the Trinity or, or my discernment of where the Holy Spirit might be in my life. And is, is it leading me this way versus this way? And one thing he said, which was cool, is the majority of our understanding of the Holy Spirit is looking back on our life and saying, oh, wow, that's where God was. Or that's how he revealed himself. That's how he was faithful to me amidst the circumstances. And so, Mark, that, that kind of echoed what you were saying there. Of It grows over time because you get to look back and practically say, okay, I didn't need to freak out that much. I didn't need to doubt that much. You know, I could have relaxed and had a grand perspective. But that grand perspective always, always proves God's existence, uh, which I think is, is really cool. Yeah. And I love looking back and seeing, but I also love talking to somebody who's more mature than I am, who is acknowledging God in the moment. 
who mm-hmm. isn't necessarily looking backwards, but their faith is so strong that yes, they're they're just oozing God and verbalizing, look at what God did today. Look at, you know, look at where God was with me. And they're just instinctively having conversations that is that are acknowledging God in yeah. their everyday life. And that to me shows such a life of faith because right. it's that growth process over time that they're not necessarily looking back, but they're recognizing where God is in the moment now. And that's where God gets his glory. And that's where that passage is showing that, you know, Abraham is bringing glory to God just by his natural, um, how he's acting, how he's talking, his language, what he's doing is mm. ultimately bringing glory to God because of his faith. And I, and I'm not there, trust me. <laughs> I'm not acknowledging things you know, about God in my everyday life like I probably should be and verbalizing it. And so to mm. me, when somebody is doing that, I'm like, man, that, that's a person who actually has a walk with God and has faith. Yeah, and don't forget in the Old Testament, as well as in the book of James, Abraham is called the friend of God because there was just this friendship. There was this personal, intimate, daily encounters with God. And, uh, you know, he wasn't perfect. He, it, it grew over time. But, man, what, what Mark, a great time. You, you started your sermon um, talking about the name of Isaac meaning laughter and that those years before this call to sacrifice Isaac and just you were talking about how they probably just enjoyed their son and there's just those times of sweetness and enjoying this promised child that you know from this barren woman and this old man and um, just the delight of those years that they had before this point and um, I just think it's those are times too that God is so kind to give us. We we, we have our three days of to Mariah. We we all have those seasons, but we also have those seasons of laughter and we have those seasons of delight that are such a gift from God that we can celebrate and truly delight in and be thankful for. Yeah, because a life of faith, yeah, there's there's different moments. There's the highs and the lows, you know, and, and so there's that like you're referring to Alicia, the three-day journey was, you know, that was a walk of faith and that must have been challenging times knowing where God was leading him to. But you're right. There's times in our, in our life where we still are called to give glory to God, still called to live a life of faith when things are actually going somewhat well and, and we can enjoy and thank God for that and be grateful. And to me, that's, that's a life of worship. That's, that's that giving glory to God is that moment by moment walk of faith, trusting the spirit to be able to have that response and that, and that we're just not depending upon this once a week worship service. It's that everyday worship experience that we are enjoying the relationship with God. When Mark Francis, you mentioned, you know, more than just that, that we can worship experience. We're already kind of brainstorming ways in which we can use, you know, use technology and use some videos to get pictures of families, maybe people recording from their homes, being a part of the yeah. church body. I mean, what, is that, what does that look like? So as we kind of navigate now into a church life response or, or maybe announcements of what the church has coming forward, how can we, what does it look like for the church body to, to be a part of, of what we're doing? Well, I think our, our worship playing team was taking seriously the idea that we're not together. And yeah. even though we can experience um, a, a worship service in our own home and we can sing some songs and, and hear a sermon, we still aren't engaging with the body. So we really attempt to, to put on display 
the pastors and elders and have them read passages and have them share moments, you know, in that Easter service, you know, so to be able to over Good Friday and Easter, I think pretty much every pastor and elder except for one or two have been at least visible. So to, to feel that connection. And um, when we worship, there ultimately worship is, is vertical to God, but it's also horizontal to engage with each other and to, to encourage and spur one another on as we do that. So if, if we're missing that connecting point of being together, how can we still experience what the body is doing in their own homes and worshiping together? And so the worship team is, is really trying to elevate that. So even this coming week, we're going to have a few pictures of, of some of the things that the FBC members have submitted um, of how they worshiped over the weekend of Easter. Um, we're going to attempt in the next few weeks, you know, however long we have this season of not gathering to, to still incorporate our body. And, you know, listening to a, a podcast like this is part of it as well, of just kind of feeling the interaction and connection with each other, getting some of this dialogue going. Um, and submitting your questions or your thoughts and feedback online. Um, there's ways to do that. Yes, it's not the same. It's not the same as being there, but we really want to elevate the the corporate nature of the body of Christ. It's really good. And for people who are out there just listening right now, and you, if you're feeling disconnected, don't hesitate to reach out to the church. You can get on the website and there's multiple places that you can submit prayer requests for needs or whatever. Don't hesitate to communicate with the church because we're still here and we're, we're able and willing and ready to get out and serve, but we need you to communicate with us and let us know. So don't hesitate to connect. Well, and this is where the, the rubber meets the road as far as the church needing to do what it does. I mean, we're up against it. Um, and I will speak quickly to this. There, there's, a, there's a connotation out there that, that the websites are confusing or, or hard to understand or it involves a lot of technology. If you go to our website, you have to actually close out multiple things in order to not get connected. So all you need to do is visit the website and there's literally a little blue box that'll just pop up and give you an opportunity to connect, to, to share a story, to give, to do all this different stuff. So... I, I know for a lot of a lot of people have kind of reached out to me and said like I still don't know where to find this this or this or this and they don't even maybe understand like how the website itself can can help definitely facilitate that process but now it's become super important because we don't have you know the home center you can't walk past John Avery and grab a pamphlet now we're gonna have to find a way to get it to you some other way so you know but meet someone us, meet can us call online. you and walk yeah. you through that process if you let them know <laughs> right yeah right. it's I mean it's the both ends of the spectrum, those that need help and need assistance, need to kind of help and reach out and share with us. And those people who are willing to help serve, we still need your involvement as well. And so that's, that's the body of Christ doing this together. And I think even Mark, you might've said this in a chat we had yesterday, but more than ever in this digital, what we'll say virtual age, you know, we, we might come out stronger, you know, there, there, that the body of Christ sees the need. And I, again, once again, I'm excited to, when we do get back together to, to hear the people singing, to be together in the lobby with people, going to learning center classes, being, you know, have kids get back together in, in youth group uh, in their lower level and all of the buzz, you know, when you do it every week, you just, you, you take it for granted. And, um, and here we are, we get a chance to, to rest 
and not take it for granted and then get back together and be stronger for it. So yeah, we've people, heard it a lot, I think, just even in our in our our country and what our whole nation is facing, but the old saying, necessity is the mother of invention. And uh, so even within the body of Christ, there is some neat things that are being invented. I mean, being discovered about how we can reach out to people, how we can um, uh, serve one another. And the, the, yeah, the last thing we want is to see people kind of recede into the shadows and, and, and be lost. So uh, it does take an initiative of everyone uh, as Alicia said, um, pursue, go to the church, go to that little blue box on our, on our um, website and, um, and uh, talk with us if there's some needs and we'll, we'll, we'll connect and um, Mark, as, as you, uh, as you use that analogy of receding into the shadows, your, your body parts literally receded into the Nebraska <laughs> wilderness behind you. Very, very powerful. But I, mean, echo, I will kind of wrap up with, with one thought yeah. for me in, in one of the phrases, Mark, that I've heard you say before, but within the Easter sermon was something to the effect of resurrection truth motivates resurrection living. And that's the day and age that we're in right now, using that, that faith that we have in God and God alone to be able to live out a life that is showing his glory, but is, is motivating us to beyond this world and that, that resurrection form of living, you know, I, I think we can, everybody should really process that, flush that out. What does that mean to me? What does it mean to live motivated by the truth that there is a resurrection and I have that hope for the future? And um, yeah, that's, that's part of what we're talking about, the body of Christ doing that together. Well, it's, it's like Mark said, faith admits the circumstances. Um, God is in one circumstance. We can trust the character of God and rely on him. And there's so much talk now about you know, wherever people fall politically or otherwise, of whether or not the economy will come back booming after all this. We don't know. That remains to be seen. God will come back booming after all of this. Um, and so we have an opportunity to take that perspective and, and put it forward. So uh, thank well, you, all what, three of you. Yeah, Alicia, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say one, one thing about that word resurrection. It's totally a God thing. Only God can resurrect. Right. And so he gets the glory for it all. Yep. Awesome. Well, you three, thank you for joining me. It uh, looks like you've joined me from all the way across the globe, the Judean wilderness, Nebraska, and then the Battaglia home. That's just the best. <laughs> uh, the fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love and God bless.